And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. I am Cam Edwards, and I am pleased to be joined by the lovely and talented, but still slightly sick, Missy. How are yeah. you? Uh, mm. yeah. This is one of those stomach viruses that you think you get better, and then you eat something, and then your stomach decides it wants to cramp up and go, oh, no, you don't. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's like yeah. day three. Yeah, you were uh, But the first up, day first was day. throwing up and this, so at least I'm not throwing up anymore. That's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you joined me tonight. Thank you. We have a lot to talk about, including some new arrivals on the farm, uh, both welcome and unwelcome. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, as well as I was, so Missy was uh, originally uh, indisposed and, and as I was setting things up, and I was planning on doing a couple of minutes um, talking about the Second Amendment sanctuary movement uh, that, that really has just been spreading like wildfire in Virginia. So why don't you ask me where I was last night, honey? That's right. You went to a uh, meeting somewhere. So where were you last night? <laughs> I was hanging out with Amelia. Amelia County. Um, so I was I was in, in Virginia, a, right? Uh-oh. So I was I was in Amelia County. Uh, Amelia Courthouse is the county seat of Amelia County. It's a rural county that is kind of in between Richmond, Virginia, and Farmville, and but more south. But more, yeah, yeah, south of Richmond. Okay, but but just a little bit, kind of on the you know, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's in between Farmville and Richmond. Whatever, right. And uh, there was a county supervisor's meeting last night. The uh, resolution to declare the county a Second Amendment sanctuary was not on the agenda, but it it was going to be brought up by folks during the public comment period. So I had seen these news stories this week about hundreds of people turning out in these really rural counties uh, where, you know, you'd be lucky to have eight or nine people show up for a county supervisor. Most of the time, right. right? And it's like 350 people in Franklin County and, you know, hundreds of people in uh, Pennsylvania County. I mean, it's amazing. So I was like, all right, you know, we've got this going on here about an hour away. I'm going to go. You went to ours in our county and it was like seven people, right? Uh, There were two. Okay. (laughs) But it was, it was, it was very early on. Like our county, our next meeting is December the 9th. So our meeting was held literally like, Two days after the elections. Okay, okay. So that's why we're walking. Um, right. So okay. we were we were really, uh, you know, I was probably one of the first people in the state to start asking for one of these things, but we won't be the first to vote on it. Um, so anyway, so I drove to Amelia, which is about an hour away, and, and had no idea what to expect. And uh, it's this, you know, sleepy little southern town that's got a very small courthouse square with buildings, you know, just kind of wrapped around the, the square. But everything, sidewalk rolls up at 5 o'clock. Right, right. yeah. Just like so, as I'm driving in, you go through a couple of uh, uh, blocks of residential neighborhoods and beautiful uh, houses. By the way, yeah, we need to go there uh, okay. one day. But I notice that there are cars that are clearly not belonging to the houses that are parked on the street, blocks away from the courthouse. And that was my first inkling that okay, something wow, something's going on here, right? And as I drove up by the courthouse, I could see that there were hundreds of people outside of the building. Wow. Right? Now, I didn't know how many people were inside. As it turns out, it's a fairly small meeting space. Okay. Um, But there were easily 300 people there. Wow. Right? I mean, it was crazy. So by the time I parked several blocks away and walked back, 
Uh, Philip Van Cleve of the Virginia Citizens Defense League was just wrapping up speaking from the courthouse steps. They'd asked him to speak. And then uh, State Senator Amanda Chase was there. Uh, Delegate John McGuire, who's a former Navy SEAL, uh, they walked out of the meeting and they addressed the crowd for a couple of minutes. And I talked to Phil Van Cleve afterwards and I asked him, you know, I, I said, I, just tell me your thoughts on this. And we both agreed, like, we've never seen anything like this. And all of our, I mean, I've been covering the Second Amendment for 15 years. Philip Van Cleve's been involved with the Second Amendment longer than that. Um, and this is just something, again, I, I don't want to make... Here's the thing. I'm not saying that the Second Amendment Sanctuary Movement is going to thwart every gun control law that's coming. It's no. not. It's no. about to get real bad real quick in Virginia. But but you would think that this would send a significant message to our bleepity bleep governor. One would think and one would hope. But then again, this is the blackface wearing baboon who thinks abortion is fine until the baby is born. I, I think that, uh, I, you know, I, I think that it'll send a message i think it'll be ignored um and i think it's gonna end up in litigation and i think that there's gonna be a number of ultimately i think where this is going is counties you know and county sheriffs saying look these new laws are not going to be a priority for me to enforce well you showed me a map that someone had started coloring and it's right and, and between the 10 or 12 counties it's hard to keep track because it's happening so fast that have already become segment sanctuaries there are at least 20 others that are where it's under consideration. It's going to come up for a vote in the next month. Um, I will say in my county, uh, as I said, I spoke and uh, another woman spoke actually before me at our county commission meeting, which I thought was really cool. I'd never met her before, but uh, she too uh, wanted to see a second member sanctuary. So the uh, county uh, supervisor uh, in charge, the chairman, said that they were going to talk to the county attorney, uh, make sure everything was you know good to go. Um and thanked us for our time. So I'd asked, I emailed a, a yesterday and asked for an update as to the <laughs> county attorney. And I got a very terse, and I, I, I should say I just asked. I also offered my opinion on the concerns that I've been hearing that the board doesn't want to overstep its bounds and doesn't want to do anything controversial. And so I, I expressed my opinion. I said, you know, I think it's probably going to be far more controversial not to get on board. Yeah. Given that we're a rural be. county, then especially, it will be to, to get on board. Especially given this afternoon. I mean, for crying out loud. I, okay, which we'll get to. We will. Um, Just that's like a teaser, <laughs> so don't go away. But, uh, so, you know, and I, I, it was probably a five or six paragraph email. It was not a long, angry screed. It was very polite. It was informative. It was helpful. It was, hey, if you have any questions or concerns and you want to talk to supervisors and counties that have already passed this, I can put you in touch with a couple of them. And I got back a very terse one-sentence reply of, thanks for your input, Cam. Yeah, we're going to go ahead. I think he ran unopposed this year. Well, hang on now. Don't get... <laughs> stop now. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, I, I followed up with, can you, you know, thanks very much for your reply. Can you give me any input about where things are? Because I'm not going to let it go. No, please And I'm going to continue to be polite. I'm going to continue to be civil because ultimately I want him to support this. So how do we get people in our county knowledgeable? Well, um, what needs to happen? You know, I know we have a couple of people who are listening. Uh, I would encourage everybody in Virginia to sign up for the Virginia Citizens Defense League uh, newsletters. Uh, follow me on Twitter because I'm talking about it. I'm writing about it a lot at BarryAndArms.com. Um, but the, the state level organizations, uh, VCDL has, has sort of taken the lead in, in trying to keep up. 
uh, with everything that's going on. But honestly, you know, this is really unorganized at this point, and, and that's okay. It's happening at the county level. So my and advice is- it's happening is, organically without anybody's push, by the way. Because absolutely. Because I read a story today that somebody who I always complain about who runs a certain organization that I don't know if I can rant about on this. No. I'm not this saying. Is, okay. I'm just saying they've come out against sanctuary counties. Hmm. So okay. I'm like, hmm. All like right. I care about your opinion anyway. <laughs> Uh, but talk to your county supervisor. Uh, you know, email them and, and encourage your friends to do so. Uh, go to your next county supervisor's meeting and during the public comment period, ask them to support these measures. I, I think that's the that's what's already happening. Yeah, that's um, what we just. But have to... you know, the the more numbers there are, the better. And yeah. and honestly, and as for the uh, you know the. Uh, uh, the validity of these resolutions or the, the strength of these resolutions, you know, look, the resolutions, they're not ordinances, they're not new laws. Uh, they state that it is not the county's intent to spend any county money enforcing unconstitutional gun control laws. Uh, some of them go so far as to note that the sheriff has the discretion to enforce the laws uh, as he sees best. That's why you elect them a sheriff. Exactly. And so, you know, we live in a country right now where the newly elected district attorney in San Francisco has said that he's not going to prosecute public urination or prostitution or a number of other crimes. There are jurisdictions around the country that don't charge people who don't even investigate crimes when it's like shoplifting under $100. There are jurisdictions that no longer arrest or prosecute people for low-level drug offenses. There is nothing... There's nothing outside of the mainstream in uh, American law enforcement and criminal justice jurisprudence that with a county sheriff saying, I'm not going to uh, prioritize or, or bother enforcing a misdemeanor level offense for universal background checks, or I'm not going to waste the county's resources enforcing a misdemeanor ban on magazines over 10 rounds. Uh, you know, in our county and a lot of other counties, we have a hard time even putting deputies on the road 24 hours a day yeah, we have because extra, of the manpower. Yeah. So have, now we're expected to these sheriffs to devote their resources going after misdemeanor, nonviolent firearm possessory offenses. That's ridiculous. I think we have five troopers assigned to a county. I don't Two know. State troopers. No, five yeah. state troopers in addition to the county right. police because we're a really big county. Yeah. Space-wise. Space-wise. Not, figuratively. Not people-wise. People no. Uh, no. There's hardly any people here, but there's a, it's square miles. It's really big. So, <laughs> again, there, there's, there's nothing outrageous. There's nothing outlandish about a county sheriff saying that because we already have law already enforcement, uh, whether it's prosecutors or, or police chiefs or county sheriffs doing that on other issues. So... Uh, that's one of my arguments and that's to good these or bad, though, by reluctant. The way. Listen, it is what it is. I know. You can say that it is an erosion. And I know both sides of the argument because I, I, I'm i not sure where I come no, down I, I myself. I kind of get where the misdemeanor and the low-level stuff. I mean, if a woman isn't forced into prostitution and this is how she chooses to make her living, then so be it. That's why why not. Um, but, uh, man, I lost my train of thought. Where I was like, I was, was the... Yeah, I don't know. So you understand that point of view, but <laughs> we you, can come back to it. We're going to have to because you see when you interrupt me when I've got I didn't interrupt flow. you at all. <laughs> you interrupted yourself. That's what I, yeah, I'm distracted <laughs> we today. We can go back and, and roll the tape. I know. Do we want to get to the rant? Do we, is that what's on you? Is that think, what's on I your think, mind? I think that's probably it because okay. it's just, it's been, it's, uh, man, 
I'm I'm so mad about this. I know. So okay. So here's the thing. I gotta set it up. I gotta give a little background before you just like jump in. Because we've been here for now seven seven years. years. And in rural Virginia, I don't know if it's a thing where you live, but in rural Virginia, we have a lot of guys who hunt with dogs. And every yeah yeah you know small packs anywhere from five to eight hunting dogs. Um, and so every year about this time of year. Usually, I don't know, I'd say over the course of hunting season, half a dozen times, we will have a pack of hunting dogs run through our property. Or just one lost. You've reported one on the road, but yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I reported one that actually, uh, that was out of season. That was a dog that had gotten loose. Oh, yeah, that's true. And had true. been Never out for she a couple of months. She happened to be a hunting but, dog, yeah. But that happens too. Um, but anyways, we have a lot of hunting dogs around. Anyway, but but this time of year, hunting season, half a dozen times, we'll have a pack of hunting dogs catch a deer scent and take off through our property, across our yard, freaking out the goats, sometimes scaring the goats. When the we, chickens were out, they would we'll, chase the chickens. Exactly. Because, of, because they're dogs. They're dogs. And they get distracted. And yeah, so, so today. So our, our beef, by the way, is your beef, by the way, is not with the dogs. No. Because the dogs are being dogs. Dogs are being dogs. I understand that part. So this afternoon, I was trying to take out the trash, and we had two plastic Rubbermaid garbage cans that were stuck together, and I was also having to work off a little... Vacuum sealed? (laughs) They were vacuum sealed together, and I was a little annoyed at uh, homeschool kid because we had a little altercation with him being a sandy butthole today. And um, so I was outside just kind of working something out, and I'm... Trying to, I'm just taking the trash out, but I'm trying to pull these garbage cans apart, and they are not coming apart. And I'm picking them up, and I'm knocking them down. I'm picking them, and knocking them. Down. I finally pick them up, and throw them across the yard. I'm so po'd, and I hear the baying of the dogs, way too close. Mm-hmm. Usually, when they're on the other side of the creek, it's not a big deal, but this was in my yard. Yeah, I'm in my office with my open windows, and I hear the baying of the dogs, and I think, oh, that sounds awfully close. Right, and then so, I hear it again, and it's getting closer. And so I'm I, under the carport. Okay, so you're under the carport. You're in your office. I'm in my which office. Is how many feet? I don't know. Whatever feet away. They came out from the woods behind your office, ran around the electric goat net because they weren't chasing a deer. They were chasing an injured little fox whose paw looked to be bleeding. Mm. And he was, like, hobbling as he ran through our front yard. Okay. And so the hounds came screaming around following it, and I think it managed to scurry underneath the barn because the dogs would not leave the barn area. Meanwhile, they're freaking out the goats. My dogs are outside, so our dogs, I have to say, Bullet is usually a giant teddy bear but I was so proud of him. He got his dog on. He got his big yeah. boy on. He went down there and he wasn't barking and he wasn't like being no, all spazzy. No, but he was down there but investigating he was, what was he going was on. Big he, was, he was the dog did, in charge, no, right? He did his big fluff thing. Mm-hmm. He like made himself look even bigger and he was like, what are you doing here? And the other ones, you could tell that they were totally being submissive because they were wagging their tails, but they were wagging them low down. Mm-hmm. So they knew Bullet was the big boy. Yeah. So by the time I come out of my office to I'm investigate. I'm already screaming. Right. She's screaming at the dogs. I'm afraid she's going to I'm have actually a screaming stroke. in the woods because I can hear this man yelling for his dogs. And now I'm oh, seriously right. yes. PO'd. And I'm like, dog, dogs are here. I'm like. <laughs> I know. So I try to at least just like. Lower the decibel level so she doesn't stroke out. Because I seriously, I think you said I turned green. You said I literally. Yeah, you, you like you hulked, hulked out. out. Yeah, you totally hulked out. That was the word you used. By the time that I got over to see you, so 
We get you to calm down. Uh, he eventually gets his dogs called. I grabbed one the of them. exception of one of them, who was just kind of... Well, no, he didn't call his dogs. Four of them go down into the woods. He's up in our front pasture hollering for them. They go down in the woods, and this one, who actually kind of hears them, but is being a butthead, uh, it's like coming over to me like... Hi, I'm like no. I grab her by him, her it by its antenna, and I start dragging it over to where I hear her master's voice. Yeah, they have this like two foot long antenna. It's not you know, but it looked like a little mini leash. So I grab her and I start it walking across the yard because I can hear him, and he's trespassing my front property. His truck's on my front pasture. I get it. Our neighbor leases his property out for hunting, and we don't have a fence. And we don't have boundary line. No, because he runs his cattle. Right. And generally, it's not a problem. But you know what? It was a problem today. <laughs> it was a big problem today. And I'm going to, this is one strike. And this year, our neighbor gets three. Hey, you know what? Before you go any further. No, no, no. No, I'm no, just... no, no. I'm just saying stop. Stop. <laughs> Before you go any further. Well, he doesn't listen to our podcast. Well, you never know what, who does. Well, maybe so, I should just no, give I'm him just a forewarning. This just, is my no, mentality I'm right now. I'm just saying there's some it's only stuff. Fa- I'm talking about hey. fairness. It's only fair. Hey, eh, uh, eh. Uh. I'm just saying, there's some stuff that I don't think that you need to say in the heat of the moment involving the people that we live around and next to. I did not deliver their misplaced mail today because I didn't want to talk to them, but (laughs) I am going to deliver their misplaced mail with a well-worded letter. And what is the letter going to say? The letter is going to say... I understand you lease the property to hunters, and while I do not have a problem with hunters, I do not appreciate the fact that sometimes they have no control over their dogs. I understand this is not the dog's problem. This is the hunter's problem. If it keeps happening this year, I think I'm. it's only fair that I ask you for a portion of what they pay you to lease your property for hunting because they are using my property as well. Okay. Two, I think that's two, fair. Two things. Two things. He doesn't pay us to hay. Two things. And he doesn't pay our property to two, run his cattle things. on. Okay, again, we don't need to be getting so deep into our business. No, we've been yeah. nice for six years. I but I'm getting okay. Okay. PO'd two, okay. by him letting these hunters two, run his dogs all over. Two things. He doesn't lease his land to guys who hunt with dogs. Because guys who hunt with dogs don't lease land. Because their dogs run all over everybody else's property. So he's trespassing and ro- how the hell did he get his truck down to my pasture? Okay, stop. Calm down. Again, you're getting the real deal on this podcast. Oh, seriously. I did not know that. I thought Miss... Okay. Our neighbor did not um, lease this property, but I'm sure he knows the guy because ultimately what this comes down to, and this is my position, and I know you probably disagree with me, but as much as I get annoyed by it, this has been a tradition for generations here and oh. and we moved here yes we did we, we moved here we did we, however I, okay yeah however <laughs> let me just finish your thought finish my thought when I got my I know, got you, I know you have your however queued up already mm-hmm. that and and but this is the thing like you know you see people talk about oh my god the Californians move in and everything changes and ah oh, the New Jersey people come down to Virginia and everything changes when we first moved here and our processor Told you. Like, he looked at us the first time he came out to pick up our pigs. And, man, he saw your, like, eight earrings and your red hair. and Ten. Ten earrings, sorry. And uh, and I know that, you know, we've had that conversation where, like, he shook his head. But then when he talked to you a few days later, he's like, 
you know what, I realize we need people like you down here in order for people like me to stay down here and you seem like a good person and you're giving it a good try, right? And I knew my poor cuts. I wasn't some just... Exactly. Okay, so, like, if all of a sudden we become the... Oh, I'm not going to be... You need to stop be, your dogs. I'm not. I'm not being that person. Okay. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't Elise and mm-hmm. he's letting his dude friend run, uh-huh. then he needs to give us a courtesy call. That's only fair. Or tell his, what we, well, actually, what needs to happen is he needs to tell his friend, stay away. Stay away from the woman with no hair. Because honestly, <laughs> what I am really annoyed about is how lazy that is for hunting. That is not hunting. My <laughs> grandfather and my great uncle did not own dogs and managed to get a deer when they went hunting. And if they didn't get a deer, they didn't get a deer. But you know what? They didn't stand there on their fat butts, smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, waiting for their stupid dogs to run something in front of them so they could shoot at it. It was a gosh mm, boy, darn holding this in. Gosh darn, so what is that? What is that thing? It's it's shooting gallery. They're setting those up like a Ducks in a shooting gallery. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. Okay, I'm done. I finally get it out. Oh my god, that felt so good. Oh yes, it did. I'm not an anti. They they're gonna keep doing it here. That's fine. But the next time that if that guy comes through my property again and he says, "Well, you can't stop dogs," I'm like, "Well, then maybe you shouldn't be such a bleep 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 lazy hunter, and you wouldn't need a dog." So uh, so this. Mm, I'm not sure I want to give out her email after that. I was going to say this. Don't write me. I don't want to hear about it. I don't care what you have to say about it. This is my opinion. Oh, and you're hey. not going to make me you change always, my mind No, you it. might not change people's mind. But I'm, I'm open to hearing the, the uh, well, then you pro better, dog then you better Then you better check the because emails. Because I, I will say, like when I first started covering... So, so this has been an issue in the Virginia State Legislature for... What, dogs? As long as we, yeah, hunting with dogs for as long as we've lived here. I know the sheriff um, told me not to shoot a dog. I just know that. Yes. Um, Even if I tried to eat my chicken that yes. two years in, I was. Mm. I know. But this has been an issue <laughs> in the legislature for as long as we've lived in Virginia, so 15 years. Um, and the rural interests have always blocked. It's interesting is that the opposition you would think to dog hunting would be from the rural areas and that the people who live in cities are like, yeah, whatever, let the bumpkins do what they want. Um, but no, it's actually like the city people who don't like hunting in general who are going after hunting with dogs. Um, I was always, uh, when we lived in Northern Virginia. I was neutral. I didn't care. Yeah. Go ahead, hunt. The deer were a nuisance <coughs> because a lot of people up there. I mean, they they walked right. through but our they also didn't yard. Have, but they also didn't have, they didn't hunt with dogs in, in Northern Virginia. They don't, they, you know, like... They didn't hunt with dogs in New Jersey. They didn't hunt with dogs in Pennsylvania right. or Massachusetts. These places where, so, I, where my grandparents The first year that we moved down here, we moved down in December after... Uh, well, we didn't see anybody, at least that first year. Yeah. Um, so and I then can, the next year, you know, you, you see the dogs and it's annoying. And again, you, you deal with it. But like... Here's the thing. I can't say, because I, I, I don't hunt with dogs, I can't say that I'm a huge proponent of it. Like, personally, I, I don't know how hard I'm going to fight to save it, but I'm not actively going to try to stop it. Because, again, we moved here. We're the interlopers. Yeah. I get it. But I also know that there are a lot of people who live in rural areas, even people who've lived here their entire lives, who really hate having their property overrun with these main hunting hounds of the people that i know who have who live here which Mm -hmm. aren't like but three maybe 
But still, they have the same problem. Yeah. And they go after their chickens. They run right. through their gardens. Yeah. You know, they have no qualms. They're just following a smell. And it was like this guy was like, well, that guy said he, he, he saw a deer. I'm like, no, they were chasing a fox through my yard. The deers don't just run through my garden. I'm right. Like, yeah, actually, no, the deer really don't get anywhere close to our house. No, they, um, they pretty much stay away. But the fox knew to go run under the barn. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I... I we're, yes, we're not going to change anything. It was really good to get that rant out because, man, <laughs> I wanted to punch that man in the face so hard. Oh, I'm glad you didn't. That that would have been. I would have been assault. Cap off Although he was trespassing. <laughs> yes, in but he was not threatening you in any way property. whatsoever. So you did not have the right to punch him in the face. No, you're right. I would have gotten off his face and made him hit me or something. <laughs> no, I don't think I was a dude. I don't no, know. No, no, no. <sighs> okay, I'm not assaulting people. Thank you. Unless they come after me. Uh, that's self defense. Self defense is all well and good. Yes. During the uh, debate. All right, so we need to take a we, like deep breath break right now. All right, we'll, we'll be right back after uh, these uh, important messages or or a moment of silence. <laughs> well, hopefully you enjoy that little break as much as Missy and I did. Yeah, Ooh, um, much better. Hi, <laughs> la la la. Uh, let's cheers. I'll drink to that. Oh yeah, big cheers Yay. because uh, not only uh, so uh, we went to a farm swap. On Sunday. We did, yes. Yeah. So um, we have not managed to kill any raccoons or trap them and release them, which is code for kill raccoons that kill our chickens. Um, but we also have not lost any more chickens. We got down to two, and then we were able to save them. And it was basically a lot of just diligence. It was Missy and I going out every afternoon about 15 or 20 minutes before sundown and basically standing guard. While they walked in the coop. Right. Um, it was also, um, I replaced the front window. So the whole yes. that's whole a much the stronger was, front right. panel. Um, we put in those... Uh, the predator lights. The predator lights. Mm-hmm. And they are little solar-powered things, so they go off when the light goes off. We had them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had them on the coop when we first started and then right, they died they're... and we got cocky and we never replaced them. So right. then we learned our lesson and they are all around there again. Yeah, so they're supposed to mimic the the uh you know like an seeing uh, yeah, an eyeball yeah. Uh, catching the light. Yes. Um and freak out predators. So So so, so far up now. And and again, yeah. So we went uh, you know a week without any signs of of forced entry or attempted entry. But, uh, the chickens just, were, but with one rooster and one hen. But Sabrina and Mr. Crow oh, were they, living life, yep. and she was loving all the attention. It was funny because uh, one of the people who follows us on Instagram had the funniest comment. At Corny Goat Farm. The Corny Instagram. Goat Farm Instagram. Uh, she said something, um, and I'm, I, I'm not going to, I'm trying to f- keep this definition in front of my mouth, so I can't go right to the quote, but it was something along the lines like, are you sure Sabrina didn't try to plan this all out with Mr. Chip trying to take over and they had a, a murder-suicide pact, but you stopped her before she could put all, put, do away with your useless rooster? And I thought that was one of the funniest comments that I have ever gotten on uh, on this whole thing. So thank you very much for, for, for that. I appreciate it. But yeah, so um, what's really cool is we got, uh, we got eight new girls mm-hmm. at a um, farm swap and I think Goes by the pullet man. I think you're right. And uh, it's a bunch of different beautiful chickens, and he's like super proud because he makes these crosses himself. Mm-hmm. And so we got two Dominiques, which are not crosses. They're 
black and white striped like a barred rock. Yeah, but the stripes are thinner. The stripes are thinner, and the comb on a Dominique is a really flat rose comb, whereas on a barred rock, it's like a much taller oh, comb. Okay. They have a totally different kind of comb. They're These, also one of the oldest breeds in North America. Yeah, they're like the first chickens here. They yeah. were brought over by pilgrims, so that's kind of cool, because right. we always tried to do heritage. Mm-hmm. Like, when we first started, we had Buff Orpingtons, mm-hmm. and we did the American Guinea Hogs. I still think would be a great name for a superhero, by the way. Buff Orpington? Yeah. It would. Right? Okay, so b- totally off track. So we got two... <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> you, you, you can't do that to me, because then Sorry. I totally lose my page. So we have two Dominiques, and they're very... Um, they are the lowest order of our girls. Yeah, on the pecking we have, order. We, so the we literal have pecking order. The literal pecking order. We have eight new girls, and Sabrina has put them all in line. It's hilarious because usually what happens is when you have a whole bunch of new people introduced to one person, she it's sort like of gets warfare. For yeah, a little it's while. a little more warfare. But no, 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 no. There she is a reason her eyes are solid black. <laughs> She is a soulless chicken, and she is a little <laughs> evil, but she is in charge as all of them. Yes. So, okay, so we have the two Dominiques, and then we have six... Rustic Ramblers. Which we had never heard of. Now, so um, I'm reading this as a definition. It's a cross between a black copper marin rooster... Which I had also not ever heard of. ...and a barred rock Female, Which I have heard of. Yes, I've heard black copper marins. Um, it's an excellent layer of dark brown eggs. So that makes me believe that those two light speckled eggs must have been the Dominiques. Perhaps. They were very small. We because just... he did say that they were about ready to go. Yeah. So we, did... we had our first eggs the other day, and they were very small, and they were speckled, but they were light brown. Yeah. But this breed is a hardy, economical layer with a quiet temperament. Although they're a little meaner. And they are the ones who decided that the Dominiques were the lowest pecking order. Okay. And then Sabrina was like, uh-uh, you're all low. <laughs> um, so they're really pretty, but they're like almost completely black with the green sheen. Yeah. But one girl has more uh, like, like, a, like a auburn color through her neck and shoulder area and the top of her wings. So we are calling her Ginger. Mm-hmm. And then there's another girl who has a little bit of red feathers at her cheeks, and she was rosy. Yep. And I think we should just call the other four one, because they all look the same, like Rhoda. Let's just call them the Ramblers. Well, they're, okay. The Ramblers. So then we got Rosie, Ginger, and the Ramblers. Yeah. And then the Dominiques are... The Dominiques. The Dominiques. It's, I mean, like a, it's like a. They're like. I don't know. I it's guess. Like we've let's got see. 1960s um, girl bands in our yard. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Okay, we can do the Dominiques. <laughs> Dom one and Dom two. Well, I was thinking that. Uh, I can't tell them apart. There's Dominique Wilkins. Uh, I mean, that's a he. That's more of a rooster name. But uh, but Dominique Wilkins, as uh, a basketball player from the 80s. He was really well, I guess good. we just have Dominique and Dominique. Okay. Dominique, Nike, Nike. I don't sing that. I think that was. I actually, you know what? That I think that's so old that I I don't think that's probably public domain. That's that. Yeah, because that's from the original Flying Nun movie. I I think. Yeah, she's like sitting there playing the guitar. Okay. Yeah. But it's a traditional folk song. It's not. Yeah. It's it's nothing that anybody owns. Enterprise or anything. So it's all good. But anyway, we have. we have eight new chickens, and uh, we picked them up, and we had a giant dog crate, and everything was... So what was really funny, though, was um, 
We got six of one kind out of a crate and two of another, and for some reason, our brains were stuck on the math of six chickens times his cost, mm -hmm. and we paid him for six chickens, and I'm so glad that we went to lunch, and I sat there thinking, wait a minute, didn't we buy eight chickens? Yeah. And then you, we shorted the dude like 36 bucks. We totally shorted the dude by 30 but we, but we didn't. But we did not. Right, because we, we went back. We went back and paid him, and he was flabbergasted. He was like, bless you for throwing my bag. I was like, I would have never said it. I'm like, oh, no, no. We were at lunch, and I thought, oh, we this is not good. But yeah. thank you so much. But what were they again? Because we we left thinking they were Red Rangers. And <laughs> right. then he's like, no, Rustic Ramblers. I'm like, <laughs> okay, so much better. Because when I was looking up rain, Red Rangers, they were aggressive, and they didn't really <laughs> lay a lot of eggs. And I'm like, oh. like little Tyrannosaurus like, oh, chickens. Yeah, like little raptors. I was like, oh, man. But yeah. no, Rustic Ramblers are way better. Right. So aren't you glad that I asked if we could go to Chewy's for, for lunch that day? Yeah, because we stopped. Can you move your phone, by the way? It sounds like an Eric Swalwell fart. Sorry. Google. It's just Thanks. vibrating against the. That was not either one of us passing gas. I just want no, you to know that. It's that a, was, uh, we, we finally. So, um, actually, so this is another great topic of conversation, but hold on to that thought. Oh, yeah. Because let's just wrap up the chicken because the vibrating fart sound that you heard was actually our friend uh, in West Virginia. Uh, so, anyway, so the chickens are here. They're doing fine. We haven't lost anybody. We've seen no signs of regression anywhere. Nope. We, we kept and them. We, and we are now starting to get, we got our first two, two eggs, eggs yesterday. So but it was cute because we kept them in the middle yard and then we let them go down the channel. Mm -hmm. And today they got, I went got down and the I, big yard. Yep, yeah, they I got in the big yard there. and everyone, the first night they didn't know where to go. Yeah. And so we had to like literally grab them and throw them in the coop. But by the second night, we only had to like shoo three or four in, but now they're all going in, so it's all good. I think I'm going to get one more flock block or something interactive for them to do down in that chicken yard because there is no more grass down there. Um, but they do like the space, so I need them to have like a, uh, you know, some you know sort what? of interactive. Well, well, we could probably ask our friend who is the manager of the grocery store if they have any discounts on like old kale or lettuces and stuff like that mm -hmm. and we could put that down there for them because they could use the, the those vegetables they'll okay. eat greens and veggies and that's why they destroyed our hot peppers when they were when you yeah. let them out that one time yeah because they don't actually um they don't taste they, the heat. they can't feel the heat so they'll just do that but yeah. they they'll eat just about anything we put down there so yeah. we can just start, we just, we're just probably going to just have to start doing remembering that too like when i caught up onions and vegetables and stuff mm -hmm. save all that ends for the so chickens so we used to give to the pigs pigs give to yeah the chickens. Pig, yeah most of it because we never actually fed the pigs any meat. Meat. No. no. It was you funny. Didn't, you didn't want them to get the taste of flesh. I remember having this having this. I pulled the pepperoni off of the pizza so they wouldn't know what pepperoni Pork tasted, tasted like. like. No, it was yeah. weird. Well, was, I mean, pigs, you know, not only, they, they do turn cannibal. They can. I know. And they've eaten actually, their people. And they've eaten their people, too. I've heard, I read a story about yeah. that. That's what freaked me out. That's why our veg, our, that's why our pigs were always vegetarian. Maybe I should write a horror story about a pig that turns on his owner. It was like Cujo the pig. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be worse. It would be. Because pigs like, are... How about Charlotte's Web meets Cujo? Oh, that'd be evil. Some pig. Poor Fran. Some evil pig. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, so we oh. uh, hung out with our friends who used to live nearby. They were our one of like two or three sets of friends that we have here. Uh, uh, well, no, like married couple friends. Like, married couple friends. Yeah, not sets. Yeah. No, like, it's like I have the B no, no, no. set of friends You're and right. the knit set of friends. Right. This is sure. a this was a couple Among our married couple friends, yeah. of which we have you know probably Just 
three or four sets of married couple friends. Around here, They yeah. were one of them. Yes. And we they, met through Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. Our daughters are the same age. And they're very fun, and they're, you know, witty, and they're literate, Dry. and, oh, and, and we read. like the same stuff. Yeah. We, what was really bizarre is that, so they're from Oklahoma. Well, they both from Oklahoma because well, I thought Texas. she was from Texas and he's Oklahoma. Yes, and they met in college in Texas. In Texas, yes. Okay, okay. but they, they, but 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 he spent some time in, in in Oklahoma in college as well because, um, or they moved there or something because well, there's he's this from there. Really, His family lives in Oklahoma. I know, but oh. but somehow in college. Okay, sorry. He just he discovered the same really obscure band from Tulsa that I did. Oh, because you guys are like the same age. Yeah, like within months. Right. And so this band is called, and if anybody has ever heard of this band, I really want to hear from you, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Yeah, only about that. Melodramatic Wallflowers. Yeah, not about the dogs. Oh, Melodramatic not, Wallflowers. Not, um, oh, what was that? We saw M-E-L-L-O-W, Dramatic Wallflowers, by the way, because they were a very hippie, not a jam band, but like a hippie pop band. They were the Spin Doctors before the Spin Doctors made in Oklahoma. What was that? Oh, Chainsaw Kittens. Chainsaw Kittens. That was what you... Yeah. Yeah. They were a little more straightforward rock and roll. Melodic Wallflowers was like a power pop band basically masquerading as the Grateful Dead. <clears throat> and yeah, that's really a good that's yeah, that's a good description of them. And, they're, and they're, they 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 made a couple of albums. Their first one, which was like you know totally independent, uh, probably like <clears throat> forty copies still in existence. Really, really good. Anyway, so, so the first that time that we and- are hanging out, we're talking about Oklahoma, and he mentions this band, the Melodramatic Wallflowers, and I go home and I find my CD, and then the next time we're hanging out, I just casually put it on the boombox. Because we're old and we have boom boxes, and all of a sudden, oh no! You know what? I actually I had think I had it on my iPod, and yeah, uh, no, you had it. And all of a sudden, Melodramatic Wallflower starts playing, and a couple of I think we had a moment. It was probably a Halloween party. It would no. It was more like I think it was Memorial Day, something like that. Oh okay. Oh a barbecue. Yeah. Yep. And um, and anyway, the the music comes on, and about ninety seconds go by before it stops. He's like. So I was wildfires. Anyway, and I had the CD for him, and I said, here, go burn it or whatever. And, and so, yes. Um, oh, but you didn't just, you know, give him the, you know, license to pirate. No, music. not at all. You not gave all. him the CD, and he kept it. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, as long as we're warning people away from admitting, you know, anything untoward here on the podcast. So anyway, so we really like this couple, and they, they got a great opportunity. He got a new job. They had to move to West Virginia. And we haven't seen them since they moved. Because they're like is, three hours away and their parents and we're parents right. and, you know, yeah. lives and jobs. Exactly. Everybody works. Right. We can't just do like the weekend road trip. You no. know, it takes a great deal of planning. But we kind of got. But we did. We, mid, did, we, we actually did manage did do the lift. weekend road trip. Yeah, we did. We met at a fantastically awesome, like, if you're anywhere near Gordonsville, Virginia, and you get hungry. Okay, you're not going to know, by the way, if you're near Gordonsville, Virginia. So I'm just going to say. Look if, up Gordonsville, Virginia. If you're ever near Charlottesville, if That's you not can. close. Yeah, though. it is, actually. It's about is a half really? hour. Yeah. Oh. See, I got all twisted. I you know. know you I know. have no direction. I know. All right. So, so anyway. if you're ever near Charlottesville, Virginia, if you can drive a couple of hours south of D.C. or about an hour and a half north of Richmond, there's a little town called Gordonsville. And it's adorable. And they have a Civil War. They have a, it's called the Exchange Hotel, 
And it's a museum now for a Civil War hospital. Because it was a Civil yeah. War hospital. There's a cute little, quaint little downtown with a little bit of shops. Mm -hmm. But there is this barbecue. Barbecue exchange! It is, hands down, the best. And I'm, I lived in Oklahoma. And even though that's not as good as Texas barbecue, <laughs> I'd like to think it's up there because it was good barbecue. But... I have to say that the barbecue exchange is probably some of the best barbecue I've ever had. I love the sliced brisket. I love the chopped pork. Their collard greens are awesome. Collard greens are amazing. Cheese, fried green tomatoes with yep. the little remoulade on the side. Mm. They have delicious desserts. Yeah. Every bacon I haven't brownie. had their sandwiches except for the pork, the pulled pork, the bacon. But the brownie, description for but, the sandwiches there look oh, amazing. Oh my blob! I mean, this place is worth going to. And we we purposely met up, the it opens at 11. We yeah. purposely met at 12. We got there, it was good timing. We sat down and we were able to have lunch, but within probably 20 minutes, the people just started lining up out the door, and right. we were like, "Okay, so we, we gotta, better we, we gotta, gotta eat, eat, right. eat, and get out of here." Yeah, we can't. It's not a place where it's not a place where you can sit and dawdle because no. they really do need the table space. And um, in the cold, no one wants to sit on the porch. Right. There is porch seating in the mm -hmm. summertime, but but it is it is fantastic. But um, the good thing is, is that I would also I'm, recommend, by the way, the smoked salmon. I would. Re I, I'm just gonna say everything, but yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I haven't had the smoked salmon. I've not had anything bad. No, I haven't there, had so. anything bad. No. It's all been yum. But um, but I don't like. like well, I will say the one thing, like the least impressive thing that I've had on the menu is their pulled chicken. Yeah, but that's only because the best pulled chicken you had in the it. world is in Alexandria, Virginia, at Myron Mixon's. My Myron Mixon's. That's right. And the money, honey. Pulled chicken is like probably one of the five best things I've ever eaten ever, uh, but it is the best barbecue chicken. There's nothing that can compare to it. So there you go. That's Myron Mixon's in Alexandria. Right. But the place we were talking about is Barbecue Exchange in Gordonsville. Yes. And yeah, they have outdoor seating for summertime. A lot. There's a lot of places to eat, but they are also awesome about takeout because you've gone up to. DC. Yes, yeah, so I, I had a former coworker uh, who lives in Culpeper, uh, which is about an hour north of Gordonsville, about two hours north of Farmville. Oh, this is a whole different story. But go ahead, you go. <clears> no, I was just going to say, tell your story. So we would we would meet after we both found ourselves without jobs uh, <laughs> earlier this year. It was it lunch. was a nice convenient midway spot to meet, and it was also a chance to get great barbecue. So I would go there and I would pick up barbecue for dinner but also when I would go up to DC you were going to say I would stop off well they were they were awesome because I could say hey my husband's on his way home from DC and he'll be there around 4:30 and I want this could you guys have an order ready and it would be like a pound of this a pound of this and like three or four sides and and they were they've always been great so yeah. their takeout is awesome they're in house is awesome they've got a cooler full of cokes and beers and local i think they have bold rock cider mm -hmm. so and that's local and it's awesome so if you're ever around that part of virginia you can they also head do a porkapalooza festival once a year too but i'm not sure what time of year that is no i don't either but i don't remember but if you're not that far away there are a couple of wineries that are, aren't that far right and so yes so when we so, scooted out of the barbecue exchange and let somebody else have our table the plan was we to go to 
Barbersville Winery, which is about eight miles outside of town. And it's located on the side of an old plantation. Uh, the house was actually designed by Thomas Jefferson. Uh, it was built around 1812, and then it burned down 18, around 1874. 1884. Okay, so the brick skeleton is still there. Yeah. So they call it the Barbersville Ruins. There's not much... It, Right. I've heard about the Barbersville Ruins, so it sounded really cool, right? And I'm so glad we didn't take the children to this, by the, the way. Because like Barbersville Ruins, right? Yes. Something like Stonehenge-ish right. so or Foamhenge. And it's the brick skeleton of an old house that like is small three house. stories. I mean, three stories. It was big for the time. But it was a small footprint. A small footprint. And it's fenced off. And, and you, you can walk can't actually, the outside of it. You can't actually go into right. any part of the building. Right. And that's, and we, that's it. And, you know, we could have, like, been bad and walked over the <laughs> knee-high fence, but it's like, well, there could have been cameras. And right. So we tried to... Now, there's a beautiful bed and breakfast that's located right next to the ruins. It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. It is really pretty. Uh, and remember. the winery, the Barbersville Winery itself, is really, really pretty. But and it's also very, very popular, right. so we could not drink it there. Was, it was very loud. It was very crowded. And we decided we had seen another winery. That wasn't It was about crowded. a mile down the road. And we thought, okay, well, let's go... Check that place and out. And that was Horton. Right. Also a wine we've had. Yeah. In fact, we've had, yeah. we had Horton had Norton's. Mm-hmm. And we've and had. very good, actually. And um, the funny story about the Norton is that it was a grapevine that was brought over from France. And it did really well in the United States during the time, I think, of Tom- Thomas Jefferson and, or that time introduced it. But what happened was a blight killed all of the Norton vines in Europe, and they had to import back their ancestor oh, wow. from America to reintroduce it to Europe. Huh. So that was the little bit of trivia that I was actually correct on when we were standing in line at the tasting line. And then we both, all of the four of us, were, well, you had run to um, the restroom, but the three of us realized we're like, do we really want to just have to stand in line and, and do a tasting? Do a tasting. Can we just buy a bottle of wine and go hang out somewhere? And that's yeah. what we did. Yeah. So we, we bought a bottle of wine. And they were nice enough to point out an upstairs, upstairs area. Yeah, so we it wasn't like, cold because it was kind of chilly that day. But mm-hmm. but they had an ounce upstairs area with a couch and a couple of chairs. Yeah, and we hung and, out for like three hours yeah. and just drank wine and just, just talked chatted. to our friends. It, it was, was fantastic. Awesome. It was a great afternoon. So I recommend that. Uh, but it was kind of cool to see... Um, what was the one driver? He was cute. They have these, I guess you could take a booze to booze uh, cruise booze sort cruise, of thing. Yeah, it's like basically um, wine buses. Yeah, and I saw one of the drivers and he's just sitting there and he's like, and I was like, I looked at him and I was like, I bet you have some really funny stories. And he just had the biggest <laughs> smile on his face. I was like, yeah, he'd be fun to talk to after this. But yeah, I've, I've there heard. is, uh, yeah, and these are like, you know, kind of like big buses. There's one place. And I've seen this car. It's like a 19-something, 50-something Studebaker that's been, like, totally restored. And oh. you can rent that. But I think it's actually out in the Shenandoah Valley. That's not where we were. Uh, because where we were was very much central Virginia. Yeah. So that's further out west. You know, I will say, like, okay, so there's some... I mean, we've got our tomato wine that's still a brewing in our closet right now. Um, and under my desk because we got two batches, baby. Hey, there you go. <laughs> woo, woo. Sorry, I just um, felt like I sounded like uh, what was his name? Oh, the Talladega Nights driver. I said I felt like I sounded like his wife right Ricky there. Bobby's, just, yeah, Ricky Bobby's, Ricky Bobby's wife. blonde wife. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So you know, again, we've got our share of wineries that produce 
uh, stuff that you would not really consider to be no wine as no. much as it alcohol. Would be, just alcohol. Right, Fruit-based alcohol. Yeah. Beverages. Palatable alcohol. <laughs> but there are, I, I will say, and there are some, and, and I'll be again totally honest with you, there are some wineries that produce some not-so-great wine. But there are some genuinely good wines coming out of the state of Virginia. I was really impressed. So um, our friend bought a bottle of Horton because we were talking about it. Yeah. At or Norton at the Horton. Norton at the Horton. Norton at the Horton. And I'm looking at the list, and this woman comes over, and she says, what do you like? I'm like, well, I want a red, but I don't want an aggressive red, but I don't want, like, a sweet red. I want something just like, hi there. <laughs> I actually said this to this lady, because she's a sommelier, or right. sommelier. I don't know. Whatever. I always do it wrong. I don't think that's right either, because I think Kid 2 corrected me. Whatever. Anyway, whatever. So she's like, let me go. Sommelier. Anyway. Is that it? She comes, and she brings course something right crazy expensive ish and i take it and it's like oh 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 yeah i like okay i really 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 like this but how much is this and i was like oof okay i was like she's like but i have this other one i want you to try and she brings it over and it was actually one of the both of them uh-huh. were the two that I was actually... It was like she read my mind. Yeah? But she read my mind at a $45 bottle of wine and a $20 bottle of wine. So you got the $20 bottle I got the $20 bottle right. of wine. And we're going to have that at Thanksgiving. Yes. It was the, the... But we shared what the Norton was with our friends. But Okay. So, yeah. Their wine... Yeah, I liked it. It was really, really yummy. Yeah. So I would have to say, try it. Taste it. Go ahead and. All right. Listen, we are um, rambling here. I think because of the uh, the spirits that are uh, inside of us, um, but I do want to get to a uh, an email before we go. Oh, okay. So, Mark, I did, I did reply to some people. So, okay, I'm trying to keep up. Mark, our uh, friend in in New Orleans, our cop friend in New <clears> Orleans. <throat> exactly. I I still want to wear. You wouldn't let me wear his t shirt to the airport. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. I want. I want. I hope he heard that. It was kind of funny. I need to wear it somewhere else, but I want. I want it on record. But I wanted to wear it when I went to Denver, and you wouldn't <laughs> let me. I thought it was pretty funny. Okay, so you know, the last time we heard from Mark, um, they were looking at a, a property that really just seemed like it was absolutely perfect. But I thought they did they. And so they were going to put in an offer. Did they get it? So here's the thing. <gasps> uh oh. Okay. He said, um, thanks for the kind words last podcast, as well as asking others to send good vibes. He says, we went and saw a property out in a rural part of Louisiana. Seller's agent uh, said, quote, so it's a unique property. He built it with Armageddon in mind. Oh. He said, uh, Mark says, the uh, cue the Chris Pratt Parks and Rec <sighs> gift for the face I made. The, oh, right? yeah. Uh, he was ready to sell, but then was told by somebody doing work in his property that he'd be a fool to sell his place. And he had to put his dog down the day after we saw. Uh, he had to put his dog down uh, the day after we met him. Uh, he says um, he also lost his wife to illness within the last year. So, he really didn't have a place in mind to move to. Oh. So we put the offer in, and his seller's agent and his uh, ex, they're on good terms, met with him, and and they tried to get him on board. He's pushing eighty. He's all alone out there with just one old dog now. No livestock of any sort. He's retired. There's no other real close family to speak of. Um, Mark says, it turns out he's a double Purple Heart recipient from Vietnam and a retired police officer. So yesterday, on my day off, I took our new English Mastiff puppy named Porterhouse 
on a road trip to see Mr. Curtis. This massive, oh gosh, it's like a huge moment. Okay, sorry. He said, I, uh, I drove slowly. And I got out of my car deliberately as to not scare or give the wrong impression I was possibly trespassing after all. I dropped Thanksgiving in a box off on the porch. I was walking back to my car when the old dog stirred and he appeared in the doorway. I reintroduced myself to him and explained that we know he doesn't have much in the way of family and one cop to another. Happy Thanksgiving. We talked for a while about the house, the dogs, and he explained why he did what he did and he was sorry. I understood and told him so and told him if he ever changed his mind, would love to raise our son there and continue with his vision of that ranch. And that I left him my number in that box and to enjoy his Thanksgiving. Oh, man, I'm going to cry. You are. Oh, shit. And then he asked what I did for work again. And it was then I realized that he's older, alone, and must be suffering from early Alzheimer's or dementia. And why his ex and what little family he has left is trying to get him to sell. He let me know in his own way that he's seen enough of most of humanity. I, I guess going to war, being wounded twice, and then following that up with a, being a police distinguished officer. law enforcement yeah. career can do that to a person. I was told that he's let his agent and his ex know that they're to sell his place when he dies and showed him his will and he had told him to do so. They also know that they have a motivated buyer not in a rush to move from where they currently are. I told him where I worked again and he thanked me for my service, the feast in the box, and he saluted me and I saluted him. As I typed this, I am so humbled by that, I welled up a little. I left and I went home. My wife and I will be sending Mr. Curtis a Christmas package, too. It's the least we can do for a man who's given so much of himself to this country over the years. The house hunt is on hold for the holidays. We'll see what spring brings, says Mark. Oh, man. You're yeah. so nice. As I told Mark, you are a good man. And, uh, and he is. And I, I need to bake cookies or something. Well, uh, you know what? You can probably do that and send them along to Mr. Curtis as well. We'll figure something out. Exactly. Oh, all right. I'm all for Clint. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Pull I it did. together, lady. We got to say goodbye. Yeah. Okay. All I right. got it. Thank you for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. However contentious it may have been. Uh, until we speak again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And make stuff because, honestly, your time's coming short if you're going to do wow, it for Christmas. Well, oh, if you're going to do it for Christmas. Okay, I thought that was like a, your time is short. You're only here for a little while. I thought it was like a really deep message, not not just a reminder that Christmas was coming up. Well, it could. I mean, it could. I mean, it works on it a couple of It could actually levels, be like, but. okay, so don't. Don't not go swimming in the ocean because you feel like you're fat. Don't not go to the gym because you don't feel like you're going to fit in. Don't not go and participate in something new because you're uncomfortable because you feel like you're not going to get it. You need to push yourself. It's not just making. It's, it's creating. It's kind of... It's going beyond. It's like sometimes you have to push your boundaries. I've, I've, it's kind of what I've been doing with you my have making. Been, I've been, people have been asking me to do things See, and I've on, never. I was going to be all snarky and then you got all serious and deep on me, so I, I can't. You're right. No, but you I'm know just, what? You just what? I just want people, if you can't make, then learn to. That's why I say read a little. Read a little. 
and learn. You know a lot. what though? Some people can't learn. Well, I do say learn reading. a lot. I do say learn a no, lot. But, but no. Actually, I say read a little, little, not even read a little. But you should read a moderate amount. But some people can't. Oh my gosh, we're getting so distracted. No, no, we no. We gotta but, wrap but, things no. up. Like, like, let me finish my thought. <laughs> some people can't learn things by reading a book. You're they right. have to learn kinetically. Yes. Like I had a problem you know learning some how can to only learn by use. Mime. No, no. I'm just it's using true. my hands because I'm trying to, you know, create a point. But the other thing was, it was like, okay, so some people just <laughs> no, okay. The final thought was like, I um, I need to mail off a uh, a plastic set of math manipulatives that we have. Yes. Because the only way I know how to do math is with actual numbers. Right. So it's 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 different people have different ways of learning different things. Yes, they do. And it's not that you can go out and learn something or you can read how to learn something. Sometimes you have to ask how to learn something or YouTube how to learn I something. I just misspoke. But I'm just saying <laughs> that everyone should try to learn something and if you if you don't know how, then you should just reach out and make it a thing. Okay. Whether it's making a pickle or learning how to crochet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be Learn like... how to crochet a pickle. Well, that'd be kind of apropos for Christmas. A Christmas pickle. You could hide the crocheted Christmas pickle in the tree. And that could probably be a story that we talk about on our next, on our next yes. podcast. Yes, tune in. That is not a German thing. To our- it's totally made up. So tune in. tune in for our next podcast when we're we talking about, about a, hiding a Christmas the pickle. pickle. Hiding the Christmas pickle. Oh, uh, yeah. We've had a little bit of too much of this. Uh, that's probably the best way to end the uh, this episode. All right. <laughs> so let's do that again. Don't forget oh, my to... my goodness gracious. Be learn safe. a lot. Make Have something. Fun. Blah, blah. Live a little. Learn a lot. And make something like a Christmas pickle. We'll see you soon (laughs) with another episode of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Ah. (laughs) 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.